Welcome to Americana Quill, writer to writer. This is season two, episode one, with none other than Nick Olson, a great writer. I like to call him a friend at this point, as this is our second interview, but we chat from time to time offline. Um, the sum of this book is from the his latest book, The Brothers We Share, and the blurb is... The Brother We Shares massively examines the long-term impacts of suicide and survivors following the unraveled threads of a group of friends five years on from their friend's suicide and the feelings of guilt and confusion that remain. Ultimately, The Brother We Share is fast-moving celebration of love, life, love, and the brotherly bond forged from tragedy. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome none other than Nick Olson. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me. No, thank you. And thank you for um, being patient with me as, as, I, as I'm obviously showing that I'm ill-prepared today. Hey, no worries. It's a Saturday, you know. And I figured no, absolutely. One time around, it's pretty much just a conversation at this point. Of course, of course, absolutely. <laughs> so I guess my first question, I guess, is we have to have kind of an interview format is um, what you've been up to, how, you, how have you been doing? Yeah, I've been doing pretty good. I uh, This was like my kind of pandemic project um, after, I know we talked about Waldo, after that came out, I just kind of like dove into this project and did this for a few months and this happened and now I'm working on the third book that's totally different from the first two. So that's been a lot of fun. I'm thinking I'll probably have that one done in the next few months or so. Nice. I think you're doing it the right way, right? It's like, let's do different genres before some before fans pick up and then we're pigeonholed to one thing. So I think it's great that you're deciding to like go all over like different genres because that's what I'm doing. It's like before, before I start putting real money into marketing and making sure like something goes for me, it's like, let me at least diversify so I can say I tried everything and I'm not just stuck in one, one realm. So I... Uh, yeah, it was uh, the way I've been uh, telling people is like the the first two books were those really difficult books that I had to I had to write kind of mm -hmm. get out of my head. It was very like inward looking and and really pushing myself. And this one has been the opposite. It's been more like I'm getting into like speculative fiction and some like sci-fi kind of out there concepts stuff right. that I had to write like years ago, but I haven't done this for like a really long time. So. Right. I, I did the the books I needed to do, and now I can do, like, the fun book, you know? So another question I have is, um, how do you feel about marketing Where is Waldo compared to the brothers we share? Like, how is that dynamic? Yeah, it's... Uh... I think book marketing is is tricky in general because um, it's it's one of those things where uh, it, I think it is really about like just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks, and then what sticks now might not stick for the next one or right. in book tomorrow, you know. So um, I've I've used stuff like BookBub and um, just kind of like getting blurbs from from people I really respect. Going, I'm I'm trying to do more. I don't know if, if you call it like organic marketing, just doing stuff like this, like talking, having interviews, appearances, right? stuff like that, as opposed to like, I'm, I'm still pursuing like BookBub and traditional advertising, but I don't know. It's just a lot more fulfilling to, to also do like natural organic stuff, like just right. talking to people about the book, having conversations. Absolutely. Know? Like the way we remember it before the internet exploded when we were kids, when right. like, 
people have to go do Oprah and different, you know, different running around. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, we're, we're, like right. exactly. Like, Will Smith's able to do those additional marketing because he's already a star where us is like, no one knows us. So we have to <laughs> right. put it on the, put it on the internet and I hope people see it. It's, it's a lot. Right. It's definitely different. Yeah. So yeah, I totally get that. What that's going to look like for younger generations too, you know, because like, that, that was just something we we kind of embraced just I guess being millennials and being comfortable with internet culture but I would say even more so Gen Z um that's yeah that's gonna be able to see what what they do down the line yeah we're like the last of the Mohegans that remember a cord, a cord <laughs> phone in our houses you know what I'm saying like we kind of earned that edge between the the before times and and the world right now. B- BP before phones and after phones like right. for sure it's you can't even explain that to a kid like yo these phones used to be attached to the wall they think that's just strictly like tv yeah like I, I remember a time before the internet before that took over everything even when yeah. it was starting to become a thing it wasn't it wasn't nearly as like kind of spread out and tendrilled into everything like no daily life you know absolutely and um I remember my grandmother having one of those roll phones where it's like, you better catch it exactly on the six or the four. Oh, yep. or you messed up a whole number if you had to call somebody. To dial a number. <laughs> right. So it's like, it was like a splurge when you were able to have like digits like right. on a phone, especially at your yeah. grandparents' house. Like I didn't even get mad, like having to text and like be like, all right, PQRS, you know, to, right. and like having to press a certain number of times just to get the letter. Yeah, man. We're like horribly dating ourselves but that's okay yeah i mean so young enough to to use everything else they have out here but right it's just it just takes you back to what like used to help people sell books and stuff because back then it was just strictly traditional media and media outlets would, would take people more seriously if they wrote a good letter now it's like if we don't know your name on instagram if you don't have enough followers we're not probably going to do the do right. the interview so it's it's definitely a lot yeah it's kind of a i, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword situation where it it is you know trickier and everything and and having to get that footing but it's also become like really democratized of you can hear a you can read a lot of stories now that you just wouldn't have been able to read before right. this kind of proliferation it's it's really cool to see i would have to agree with you for sure so i guess Let's talk about more of the brothers we share. Like, I love the book. I love the nuance of you writing it from not just the main character, which kind of seems like, um, I want to say CJ, or is mm-hmm. it PJ? CJ, but you also added some elements of different chapters of everyone else's perspective of different things, of, of, the, of, the, of the friends. Right. Mixed in with them writing about uh, an alternate version of you as, <laughs> as, the, as like the person that decided to, to commit the suicide so like what right. was your thought on you doing that is it because you might have had those thoughts before growing up or yeah i so this was this exactly what you said this was an alternate version of things that could have happened um you know and this was something this was a decision i made pretty early on because with waldo like it was pretty autobiographical but at the same time like it was waldo's not real he's not he wasn't me and there was that distance that i was able to make because even when it was based on reality, quite a bit of it was still fiction. So mm-hmm. like, it was like emotionally it felt true, but it wasn't necessarily factually what happened. 
But um, with this one, I decided pretty early on that um, I wanted this to be as close to reality as possible. So um, I, I tell people like this, um, it's fiction, but I mean, it's every character you're reading is a real person. These are, mm. and I got all of their permission beforehand. I told them, look, here's the, here's the plan. This is what I want to do with it. And I, I showed them all their chapters, you know, before sending it out places and stuff. And right. uh, yeah, I made that decision that uh, in re in real life, it, this is this is a true thing. In 2016, I, I did a attempt suicide and I I barely wow. survived. Um, and uh, obviously, I'm really glad I did. Um, and so that means I, I wouldn't have gotten to know the author or or have these right. conversations that we have. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, and that's, that's the thing is like, when I was writing this, I wanted to capture that feeling of just kind of, it, it's unreal. It's like an unreal feeling of like, all of these things that I have now and I cherish now and all these people I've gotten to meet and like this story, I, like I'm able to live out now. It's unreal thinking that it could have all just ended. And um, so yeah, like it's, uh, it's all real people. It's based on a real event it's just i'm basically treating it like time branched at that point and right. on this branch it's me getting to sit here and talk with you and this other branch uh i didn't survive and that's what the book is the book is if i hadn't survived and and what, what that right it's it's you foreshadowing what their lives would have been without you and if yeah. they would have been able to move on or, or 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 things that they would have tried to keep alive within you right which is which is very hard to to write just from an emotional standpoint. Yeah. Because I felt like your very first book, the way you wrote it was difficult and you deciding to just go all the way to the wall first person. Yeah. Where this is difficult, more on an emotional, where that's more like scheme, writing that scheme was hard, but like this was right. getting it out, like emotionally was probably hard because this was a very easy read to the eyes, but like, the, the emotions, the subject matter was very, very hard to read at times. Again, like you were spot on with all the points you made about Waldo when we talked about that like a year ago. Yeah. And yeah, exactly what you're saying is how it was. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, this is something where like, I didn't want to, exactly like you were saying, uh, I didn't want to, you know, focus too much on like the form or how I was telling it. I just wanted to get to the core of like, this feeling and um, what this would do. And a lot of it was, it, it was weird because I was just kind of getting, trying to get really into like the POV of my, of my friends, my brothers. And, uh, and then I ran their chapters by them, not knowing I was like, you know, I'm hoping like, cause I've, I've known most of these guys like half my life now, like since I was right. like 16 years old and uh, yeah, I'm uh, 30, 30, God, just about 31 um and uh yeah so it's uh it, it was tough more like I, I was putting that expectation on my shoulders like I need to get this 100% right because these right. guys so much to me and it was it was wild like having them read their chapters and you know they had a couple notes here or there where they're like maybe I'd say it like more like this or I, I might say this right. but like the majority of it they're like yeah that's that's how it felt that's what i was thinking like how did you even know i was thinking stuff like that <laughs> right it, it was a cool ex it was like really emotionally difficult like you said but it was also a cool exercise to like really embody them and kind of realize like how 
how much they mean to me, you know? Right. When did you know you were ready to write this? Because this is something that I'm sure I have a story or two like this that's like going to the grave with me that I'll never take the time to write just because it's like, y'all might think I'm a sicko if I if I decide to complete this, yeah. this such a deep project of what might be quote unquote my thoughts or may not be my thoughts. And now everyone's looking at me different in a room. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I feel like even after, not too long after it happened and like I survived and I was starting my, my recovery and, and getting back on my feet, like I knew eventually I was going to have to write about this, but I also knew that like I needed to take some time and space. I needed that, that distance where I could, again, just recover, get some recovery time under my belt and just be a person, just be alive. Right. And I would write about that later. And, Fit, right, uh, figure out the new you almost before right. you just dive back into a, a past event. Right, and uh, it just kind of worked out that like the timing of it, I guess, because um, Waldo came out, and I so I you know I wanted to get a new project going, and uh, you know, COVID was already a thing like during the release of Waldo, and uh, it was becoming even more so after, and. Uh, uh, so, you know, I was just kind of in, inside at home, not, not really going out. And, uh, so I was like, you know what? And it, it, it was approaching the five-year anniversary of the, uh, of the attempt and, and what now I now call like my rebirth day. Um, because mm -hmm. it, it really does feel like I, I, part of me did kind of pass and now I'm, I'm kind of like a, a new person after that. Um, and so that was coming up and yeah, I was just like, it feels right. It feels like enough time has passed closing in on five years. My life was completely different. Um, just the environment I was in and like, you know, with, with harmony, like my, my fiance, just uh, it, everything felt, um, congratulations. I yeah, didn't know. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It just, it felt like, uh, it felt like it was time. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't, I was worried about, you know, this is, again, it's a big thing to like do, but I wasn't like concerned about my mental health necessarily. It was more just, man, this is going to be hard to do, but it, it wasn't like a, it was no longer like a triggering thing. Like I felt like it could really put me in a bad place. It was, right. it was like the right reason. I knew that this was working but, towards something. Right. It was surely behind you, but you had to ensure your friends is behind you too. I think is how yeah. it came off in the book. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like, the, I, I felt like this was the big thing that I had to do to, because, yeah, exactly what you were saying. It felt like it was behind me, but I also felt like I needed to finish this project so that I could just kind of close that chapter and be like, all right, right I've handled it. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. This is deep stuff, man. I was like, wow. And if you read Where's Waldo, it kind of... It puts in perspective, I guess, personally, not that that's all true, but like some of the nuance of just like dealing with issues of, of, of bullying and just different nuances of those things. It's like, it could lead someone to say, you know what, Meh. what am I missing? Until you realize, no, I would have been missing a lot, right? So yeah. I think the brothers we share and just the beauty of them trying to finish off what you started, I thought was, was a beautiful touch to the story. Yeah, that was... That was uh, like my my big focus going in because I uh, I hadn't finished Waldo like when I uh, when all this was going down and like being in the hospital and stuff like that. 
so yeah, if, if that had happened, like the, the book wouldn't have been finished. And that was another weird thing that I had to grapple with, like, um, just having this project that like took up so much time of my life. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's about a lot more than just being able to finish a project, but like, that was a big thing too in my recovery was finally being able to finish that book. And it's like, if, if I hadn't survived among many other things, I wouldn't have been able to. No, no, of course. But (laughs) just because I remember you told me, I think you rewrote whereas Waldo, like three or four different ways of first person to third person, like different avenues. So over the course of like six years. (laughs) Right. So it's like doing all that, I think had a mental toll on you. And then for us not to get that work that you put out, that was so beautifully, execute it oh man yeah I I, uh it's one of those things where like I always um when I would hear when I was going through it so to speak and I would hear from people like you know everything happens for a reason and it's like I get I get the the emotion behind it but like at the same time it would just some of that's bullshit but yeah yeah in this specific thing like now that i've i've got enough time and space to like look back at it i'm like all right that did work out the way it was supposed to i'm not saying that everything does no right it eventually worked out okay and that and that was the thing like there were days and nights after after all that happened and i was just trying like i was not even just trying to get through the day i was trying to get through the hour or the minute right right and uh it's just again surreal is like the word I come to like being able to live a life now where like I'm just psyched about a lot of things like I'm really there's a lot to you know it's not to say that there isn't there aren't terrible things going on in the world that's of course the case but like it's this weird thing where um I I've told people like I would the world was mostly okay I mean it wasn't great but um it wasn't kind of what we're facing now globally but I didn't want to be here and now I want to be here, but the world is kind of <laughs> like a, like what's going on. Right. Right. It, it's kind of flipped, but you know, I mean, that's, and that's, that's part of, I know we're mostly talking about brother we share, but like, that's part of what I'm writing about in this next book is, but yeah, it's uh, I, I know we're talking mostly about brother we share, but this um, book that I'm working on now, it, I'm dealing with a lot of that of just kind of finding these moments, even even if the world is kind of falling apart, and even if it feels like it's all kind of crashing down around you, finding these small personal moments and finding the people that you can share them with, um, and just looking at that, you know, that's something that spans time. It doesn't matter what era you're looking at. It's it's just people trying to get by the the best way they know how and surrounding themselves with people where they can those are the best stories to write and those are the best stories that connect with people i think especially in the fiction world where it's not sometimes it's not about creating a whole new world they're just creating beautifully written characters that are like going through a journey together whether it's for a common goal or it's just them trying to navigate their life right it's like you you probably can write the greatest stories right now from the ages of like 12 to 28 because you lived those years. So it was like, why not play in that world of like teenagers trying to figure out how to get through life or try to figure out how to get through Chicago or, or whatever is going on, right? It's like, those are the best times I think people could write is like those interactive stories of, of trying to figure out uh, 
navigating the, their world, right, of what they're going through. Yeah. And I think just, you do a great job this, of that. It's funny you mention that because just this morning I wrote a, it's this book I'm working on is like a novel in Flash. So like instead of just straight up chapters, it's just like Flash fiction stories. And um, the one I wrote today was uh, uh, this, this, well, you, the audience knows him, or the reader knows him in, when he's like in his 40s and beyond. But I'm dipping back into his past. He's 12 years old in this in this piece, and I'm kind of looking at like where he came from and what led him to now. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun being able to do stuff like that. Right. And I, I think that's one of the cool things about fiction is is you can do that. Like there are so few limits. Uh, like coming at this, like you know, I got my start in like screenwriting and wanting to write for like movies and stuff like that. And um, you know, you're you're. I think constraints are good, but at the same time, like you're always having to think about like, all right, what's my budget? What am I going to be able to shoot this? Or, or is somebody feasible, feasibly going to be able to shoot this? Right. And it's like, in fiction, you don't have to think about any of that, really. Right. It, and you're handing your story over to a director who right. then tells you what's, what's going to work and what's not going to work, which sucks, exactly. right? Yeah, and don't, don't get me wrong. I have all the love and respect in the world for screenwriting. I still love it. It was like, you know, my my, my older passion. But yeah, I think that's why I, I kind of shifted gears into fiction was because it, it's just, there's so much possibility and you don't have to write by committee. And yeah. Have you thought about taking your screenwritings and, and converting them into books? Like all of them? Yeah. And just... Yeah, and vice versa. Um, I'm still not ruling it out. Like I've had people tell me, like you know, they read Waldo and they're like, "This, I can really see this as a movie and stuff like that." And I feel like that's a budget you can realistically do because it's all set in your hometown, right? So it's like some things might have to change logistically just because you can't afford like a movie theater, like certain scenes in the book. But like right. that's semantics. You can make it still something more powerful, you know? Like right. so, I, I think it's I've possible. I've thought the same thing about your work, like reading now volume two and, and just, it, it really, I know I said this the first time around, but it really feels like something that would a hundred percent work as like a serial, like, like a Netflix show, basically just kind yeah. of characters. That was, that was the initial goal. I wrote, I wrote it as a TV series first, like the first book, like eight, nine chapters of it was like each yeah. supposed to be like a TV series. And it kind of reads that way in the chapter form now, but like, that's kind of the, that's kind of the goal, right? It's like certain pieces are missing for a reason because it's going back and forth between the five or six characters that's in the story. So no, I totally get that. And that's the cool thing too, I think is like with that being like, with like serial television being such a, an influence on the culture, like it, it's, it, it seems like every form is kind of impacting each other. And like right. we're getting a little bit more cinematic. Like I remember when I was first starting to get into flash fiction in like 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know anything about the form. And I was just kind of like doing it, just figuring it out, trial and error. And I had some like early publications of like some of those flash fiction stories. And I remember people saying like, wow, like it has a really like visual feel to it. And like it, it feels a little different and more like a movie. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't like, <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. It's just because that's how no, I was. No, but you're, you was naturally trained in like how to hit certain beats at certain times right. in screenwriting. Right. Where in, in books, we don't always catch the beats at the right times. Where sometimes that's what makes it lukewarm for certain audiences because they wanted to read like, a, like they could watch it in a movie, right? So yep. you having that background and then you being able to add more color and more details just is more of a playing field for you because you already have the structure of knowing how to screenwrite. 
Yeah. And that, and that's the cool thing I think is like, again, reading like the, the second volume of like kids of the diaspora, like it, it feels like there are endless possibilities again in not just like subject matter that we can handle, but like the, the actual structure, the format, like you, right. why not have a book where it feels like a, a TV series and, and that you've got this kind of serial aspect to it. Like that's, it's cool. And I haven't really like read a series like that. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Like, you know, it was, I read it all, like all the way through, like I, I couldn't stop. And, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. And it really felt like, yeah, I'm catching up with my old friends, you know, uh, right. like just, it had that cool feeling of like, yeah, I know all these, all these people. And like, you just get right into it and you're just, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's cool. Yeah. I think that's the, the fun part of, I think Amazon helped build that world of like doing series of like just mm -hmm. anything. Right. So I hope you decide to do a series soon after you get your individuals out. Cause I know you want, like, I had to get mine out first before I could even think about doing a book series. Yeah. So I hope that's I'm not ruling it out because it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. It is because you just maybe like the pandemic year and a little bit before then, I just wrote because I was unemployed at the time. Right. I just wrote for the whole year. Like, you know what? I'm gonna apply to these jobs and then I'm just gonna write, you know, like and that's the first time in a long time I got to feel like if I could do this for full time, this is what it would look like. And I got a lot done. So I knew I'm not a I won't be one of those artists that will be like, I don't know what to write. It's like, no, I have so many ideas. It's just yeah. finding the time to execute, right? And it, exactly. I had the time, finally. And that's one of the, like, really weird kind of almost, like, guilty aspects of, of like, the pandemic is that mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it's been, you know, obviously there, there have been terrible, many terrible aspects of, of it. But for writers it like there was that aspect of like okay we're we're home don't have anywhere else to go it, it's kind of like all right no excuses get the words out you know get the right. and, and like me and, and you and I know a lot of other like friends that I've got in the community it's like man we've written some of like our our like work that we're most proud of during this time and like been super productive so yeah. I, I guess it just goes back to doing what you can and and making the pot making positive out of a negative situation you know absolutely and it's not just that i think it's also um it's like if i think this is something that we hope that one day we can really do full time so with us having that type of time to know what that would feel like i think was like a pleasure it, it wasn't taken for granted for those that have to do a job and then do this you know yeah so I, I feel like it was just a true a true pleasure for us that I was able to have the time to actually see what like really writing is and not just those that claim to be storytellers but have like a whole team of 12 to like write right. a book you know right so <laughs> yeah it goes back to that aspect of like I know when uh when I was like before I went to school for for screenwriting I had already written like three or four feature scripts and like, I know after I finished school, like I was still getting my pages in and it's that thing of like school, it, school in general, uh, and specifically like going for screenwriting or, or whatever, like the case may be, if you're going for fiction, it's obviously really helpful and useful, but there, there's that aspect where you're going to reach a point where you don't have the professor who's like, all right, hand in the pages. You have to be that person. Not only that, it's like. You have to want this. This isn't uh, um, 
this is a, a labor of love every time you step up to, to write. Yep. It's not, you know, because you don't have to do it. Right. You can, you can find plenty of other things that maybe can pay a bill. Right. This is something you have to genuinely love and you have to want to do it. Exactly. Because there, I, I completely agree. Like there are going to be the challenges and there, there are going to be the days where you feel like you're banging your head against the wall. But at the end of the day, it has to be a net positive. It's just kind of like a cost benefit analysis, you know? And uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's that's, that's really exactly it. Like, uh, yeah, just being able to find the why. And that, and that's going to change over time too. Like I know when right. I was first starting out and like, uh, uh, I feel like I've circled back because like when I, when I was first starting out, I just really wanted to get in like my early twenties, really wanted to get my stories out there, wanted to connect with the audience and, 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 you know, just tell stories that I felt like haven't been told or, or stories that I could have used when I was a kid. Right. And, I feel like after I graduated, I kind of put a lot of, it was a lot of self-imposed pressure. And I was just like, man, you got to like prove yourself. You got to justify all of that time and, and show that, you know, and, I, and it's like understandable that motivation, but also it was just crushing me from the inside out, you know, of just putting so much pressure on yourself of like, I got to prove that I, that this wasn't a waste and, and all that. And it's understandable, but at the same time, that's not a sustainable like path because you're gonna you're gonna burn yourself out and so like I said it kind of became a full circle thing where I got back to the reason I started and I, I was like you know what I don't need to prove myself I don't need to do a certain thing or publish in a certain place or you know uh, it's I need to just tell stories and just focus on telling stories and connecting with people and right. the and other stuff it'll fall into place or it won't I totally agree. And when they do come back, you, it lets you realize you were right. Now it's like, how do I make sure more people that feel like these people can connect? And that's where I think what we spoke about earlier, where marketing and things like that comes in. It's like, when you once you know you get the story right, when people actually tell you how they feel about it, it lets you know, okay, I got something here. Now, how do I cultivate an audience for it? And right. The great thing about writing books is like it could be it don't have to be right away. It could be 10 years from now. It doesn't have to be as soon as you put it out as much as we would love that. Right. But that's the thing. There are so many creative fields, but like especially fiction, there are so many stories of people who got their start way later or, you know, they might have had something in their 20s or 30s and then kind of like took many years off or like didn't have a big thing in between. And it's like. I feel that that's one thing that we need to work on, I think, collectively is being okay with taking the time. Uh, there's so much pressure, especially on younger people, um, of like, you know, you got to kind of do this on this timetable or have X, Y, and Z done before 30. You've got a lot of these like 30 before 30 lists. And like, again, just a lot of pressure on people to achieve and achieve by like a certain kind of like arbitrary age. It's like, I'm sorry, that's all bullshit. Like, you know, yeah. it's nothing, nothing against people. Like, you know, I, I got Waldo out there at like 30 and I was really happy about that. But at the same time, like it doesn't, I didn't need to, you know? Yeah, but it became a masterpiece because you took your time. It took you six years, right? So like, it's, yeah. it's a real, it's a real masterpiece. Like when people read it, they'll be like, that. oh shit. Like, this is, 
how did this not get picked up by a top five publisher? Like, this is a great story, you know? Like, it's it's one of those, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, and it's because you 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 took the time to to mature, right? But it's like sometimes you you have a story in your head, you don't want to wait, and that's how I feel at times. But you taking the discipline to wait, I think, is what made the story great too, right? You had more time to reflect on execution. Yeah, I just it, it's it's like a thing where I just see younger people really like again like banging their heads against the wall and like really wanting to like do X, Y, and Z by this age, and I'm like, take that time like live your life you know you don't have to like all all of that like prescriptive advice of like you have to do this and this is necessary and it's I I just think once you get into that mode where you're prescribing like a thing that someone has to do I I don't I'm not okay with that because everybody's different everybody has a different process everybody like there is no one size fits all solution for everyone you know you're gonna I agree from your own your own perspective your own life and what you've your history what you've been through you know i agree tell me a little bit more about the next book you're coming out with um your goals do you have a working title yet still working on that yeah i do um it's it's called afterglow and um it's it's speculative fiction so it's it's i would say it's sci-fi but it's more on the speculative side of things i wanted it to i want it to be like a book that um really like stylistically and just getting into these characters uh you wouldn't be surprised that like it's one of my books i I want it to be something where again there's that focus on character and connecting but it just happens to be speculative fiction and it just happens to have stories that are like set hundreds or even a couple thousand years in the future and so it's been really it's it's weird because um i thought it would be it's been really just smooth and it's flowed really well. I'm probably close to like halfway done with it. Do you I, think you want to make this a series? Cause it sounds like it can keep going if you want. I might, to. I might actually. Cause like, it's, it's so much fun. Um, I've done like 22 flash fiction stories of it. It's probably going to be, yeah. So I'm near halfway. Cause I think I'm going to do like 50. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I haven't like decided for sure, but I think that's what it's, that's what it's I'm like aiming toward but I think the reason why it's coming out so smoothly is like I've wanted to do a project like this for years uh Mm -hmm. I I took notes on a project like this back when I was working on Waldo uh and like yeah 2015 2016 I was planning out something like this Mm -hmm. and I feel like it was again the timing just worked out now was the right time for me to actually do it and uh but yeah it's it's this thing that uh deals with uh family and memory and just love and and showing up for people and being there for people but it's set within this speculative uh like speculated future where there's been i don't want to get too into it and too into like the reasons behind no, it. no no of course but there's been a collapse and the world is a very very different place than what it is now and uh there are, are events that happened in our time or a little bit after our time that are impacting society and religion and culture hundreds of years from now. Um, it's got a lot of like sci-fi trope stuff of like people being able to upload their, their consciousness to the cloud and like kind of put themselves into like mechanical bodies and, and live past their, their lifetime. But there's also really just 
totally uh, realistic, I guess you could say, stories. Like the one I wrote today is going back into this one character's past when he's like 12 years old and visiting his grandma who's, who's wow. in a coma in the hospital. And there's no sci-fi aspects to it. Um, it leads into all the sci-fi stuff once we right. get into the future. But yeah, it's it's um, like it's been a I I want to say like it's a challenge, but it's not really. It's again like instead of looking really intensely inside of myself and just pouring all that out, it's been a lot of research and looking looking into like AI and, and drone technology and just a lot of a lot more like external research based stuff, which is what right. I used to do years ago. So it's been wow. a lot. So you're going to take all these flash fictions and put it all in one book to release to the public? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, I've never it, seen that done before. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I had never, um, I planned, like I wanted to do something like this, but I, I've never done it before. So mm -hmm. yeah, this is my first time doing like a novel in flash and uh, which has been really cool. Cause like I, I've already been writing flash fiction for like years now and I love it, but I never thought to like, not, well, I, I thought of having like a collection a, just like a kind of like a short story collection but this right. is not that this is a novel it's linear mixed in with short stories of each exactly yeah and um it's one of those things where like e i i wrote it so that ideally like each flash flash fiction story in it could stand on its own and you could just read it by its own and it would have a full story but you're going to get much more of a complete picture when it's all together right and one of the cool like I, I don't know exactly like what the order is going to be. Like I, I do kind of want to switch it around. So I'm thinking once I finish all like 50 or whatever the final number ends up being, I want to get some like flashcards and just write out the, the, the title of each uh, story and maybe like a one or two sentence description just to jog my memory. And I think I'm just going to kind of put them all on the ground and rearrange and figure out what order these are going to go in. Because yeah, it's it's really fun being able to do that of like, you know, this week I'm working on something from our time. Well, that's kind of like your screenwriting days, right? When you're trying to figure out the yeah. right scenes that you have and where you want to place them. Right. Because I do some screenwriting too. I actually did a short film that got played nationally with um, a writing partner of mine that oh, that's did awesome. well. And now we're in the, in the midst of writing a feature film and we're going to shoot it independently. So it, it's going to be, yeah. And that like, just as a, like a side note, I'm really excited about that. Just being a fan of your work. Cause I, no, I appreciate I'm that. Constantly thinking while I'm reading it, I'm like, man, I can see this on the screen. No, I'm going to send you um, the short film that we got a lot of awards for. So after awesome. this, so you can kind of see the initial concept and know that we're about to do a feature film for it. So no, cool. absolutely. Do you have any questions for me? Cause I feel like I've been asking you a lot of what's been yeah, happening. I, Man, so what's that? Because again, like I, I don't know. I've, I haven't written like a, a feature type thing or I haven't really dipped my toes in that. And what, what's that been like with, especially with like Kids of the Diaspora like doing volume two? What was that like getting, uh, was it difficult or was it um, kind of easy? Did it feel natural to get back into those characters? And I felt like it's somewhat easy because at least I have a reference point from the first book of where to continue the story. Right. And basically, it was just about him finally getting a deal, right? And him trying to take matters in his own hands after getting unemployed or getting fired. So right. it's like things like that. It was like kind of new. Like 
I can I can relate to like losing your job and not expecting it because I used to be a temp. So like right. out of nowhere, they're like, hey, great job, but your service is no longer needed. Like, so I understood those aspects. So that part wasn't hard to, to write. And it's just more of how do I make all their stories come as one and it always comes as as one during the ending of each chapter at the coffee shop for the most part you know so yeah that's kind of like the base that keeps me um knowing okay how do I get them all to get here and after I figure that part out I just write it was freely super satisfying like just to see yeah. all those threads carried over and and it felt like I, I don't want to say I know you said a little bit about it but like the ending and like where knowing where we were in in volume one with Dennis and like where we wanted to get where we were like hoping to get and then again I don't want to say too much but like by the end of volume two feeling like there's a big payoff there's that like you've spent so much time with this character getting to know him and just being able again it, it felt like celebrating with a friend like it didn't necessarily feel like you're reading about this character it's like yes right. like this, my buddy finally did the thing you know right yeah so is is there volume three? Are you planning it? Or what do you, what do you think? I do have a working title. Um, Kids of the Diaspora volume three is going to be called um, The Allegory or the, Alch the Alchemist or The Allegory, I believe. That's cool. how I have it titled. So it's kind of him trying to write from a different perspective of writing. Finally, he gets success. And now he's writing what it's like to like actually have a, a check in his account. And like, what do we do now? Like, do I... Right decide to settle down with my longtime girlfriend at this point? Do I do I give some, a little something to my friends that are like kind of doing their thing, but now I don't know where I blew up out of all of them, although they were the, all the ones with the budding careers before me. <laughs> so it's him coming into a world of like, what is kind of being rich looks like and how, how does he navigate this new space and rare air that he's in? That's, that's, that sounds perfect for like what you developed and like there's that aspect of like i'm probably gonna mess up the quote but like stephen king said like you're a writer when you uh what is it you get a check and you cash that check and you you're able to pay the light bill with it or something like that no he's right though but yeah so like that's that's kind of what he's what i think i'm gonna have dennis go through and then just yeah. have his friends figure out their lives in, in those moments too because they they might come off as secondary, but eventually I want to like maybe give them more shine than, than Dennis. But like, I think there's still more for me to write for Dennis. Yeah. And I think you did quite a bit in, in volume two. Like I, I felt like I really understood them in volume one, but like even more so in volume two, like you did give that space for them to kind of develop and them to shine. And mm -hmm. that I really appreciated that. Like it's, it, and that's cool too because like in volume one it took more it, you had more of like the lead up of just kind of like embedding your reader in this world and getting them used to the characters so then volume two didn't have to be as long because it's you you have all that you now right. like, let's get into the episodic format you know where you can just, right. like have an adventure with them so to speak have the have a day or days in their life you know yeah i think i'm going to just this year I've been doing a lot of reading, just trying to like catch my second wind. But next yeah. year I think for sure it's going to be, it's going to be a year full of writing. So then, so I can release it twenty twenty three. So like I think that might be one of the first books I'm working on. I think I have like five more outlines to finish out before the, before I start twenty twenty two. But um, so that outline's already written. But obviously I might tweak it a bit here and there. But I think I'm ready to start working on that when I'm, whenever I decide to sit back down to. 
cool to write so i'm excited no thank you man i, I hope hopefully when you have time you can check out at least the first book of my crime series because that's really what yeah. i'm excited about you're breaking up But yeah, I, I was really excited to hear about that crime series that you've been working on because that that's always like the exciting thing to me is like getting to know a writer and like their style and and then seeing something totally different, like a different genre, something yeah. that's like not what you first read of their stuff. That's the most exciting thing for me of, of yeah. just being able to see like all the different facets and the different sides of this person you know yeah zach read the first book actually i don't know zach the oh, person yeah. you referred me to yeah, yeah. Zach, i don't know if you saw our interview but he kind of me and him kind of talked a bit about the first oh, book. i gotta catch up on that no i yeah. haven't seen it so yeah like so like i'm super excited it just came out a few weeks ago i don't know when okay. i'm gonna post this but it came out a few weeks ago. It's getting good results as far as people liking it. So I'm glad, but I think I won't know until they read the whole series to know like how people truly feel about yeah from A to Z. Well, so I'm really excited about it because no, I, I appreciate can, that. I can see that in like even in like uh, Kids of the Diaspora, like that's you know not at all. It's not trying to be like that genre or anything like it. But I could see the seeds of it of like. Yeah, I, I could see you doing like something like that or like a long series of, of like crime fiction. That'd be really cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited that I was able to, to have, have the time right. to write like that, you know, because to release them all at the same time, it, it takes planning. You can't just, so I think that's just the, the way I would want to start doing series from now on besides the Kids of the Diaspora series. Like that I'll release whenever I want to yeah. get something out to the fans. But like everything else, I think I would do three or four books at a time. I think that's, that's cool. It's just like like almost give people that want to be binge readers like the, the opportunity to do so and not wait. So right, yeah. And going back to like what we were talking about with episodic stuff and and basing off of like TV, like that's the thing. It, it, binge culture has become a, a a real thing now, and like that's only going to benefit creators. You know, like might as well just kind of feed into that because that's it's more more eyes on your work and right. Yeah, more excitement absolutely so that's 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 been the goal with that that's cool no, this has been a great conversation nick um i gotta have you on again very soon even yes. if you don't finish your your next project just so we can right. check it out even if it's just kind of like an, another in-between one like this is this is awesome no Always. absolutely um we can find the brothers we share um paperback and i believe the ebook edition on amazon is anywhere else that they can get the the ebook no, just Amazon for this one. But yeah, Amazon. Yep, Amazon's the place to go for this. And if you've read the book already, please like it. Please, you know, share it with your friends. We need all the help we can get as writers. So we greatly appreciate you guys looking into. Right, greatly Nick, appreciate. Right, Nick Olson's the brothers we share, and whereas Waldo's is his two works, and I'm have the Malcolm Ever series out right now on Amazon. So please look it up and um, buy buy some copies, and we greatly appreciate it. it. Britain's work, work is amazing. Uh, Kids of the the Kids of the Diaspora, like whatever you want to read of his, just go for it because he's he's got a lot of a lot of great work out there. No, I appreciate that, Nick. Well, this has been Americana Quill, Writer to Writer, Season Two. Take care, guys. <laughs>